Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the creator and writer of the comic Legends of the Rum, issue one, The Folded Dream, here to promote his Kickstarter, Jack Holder. Welcome, Jack. Hi, Kayla. Thank you so much for having me. It's a wonderful opportunity to be here. Well, thank you again for joining us. But outside of my introduction, who is Jack Holder and what are you about? Uh, so my name is, uh, as you mentioned, Jack Holder. I am uh, a fantasy a writer, both of prose and comics. Uh, I write under the quote-unquote imprint Arcane Ink Industries, uh, Magical Musings in a Mundane World. I've uh, done comics and prose that talk about uh, faith, fantasy, and uh, everything that goes therein. I'm the editor of uh, such anthologies as Why Faith and the Great Commandment. Uh, and my fantasy works include the following casework, Born of Magic, Dealing with the Apocalypse, and now uh, Legends of the Realm. Okay, well, what is Legends of the Realm issue one, The Floating Dream, about? So, uh, Legends of the Realm is our epic fantasy comic. Uh, it is set in the magical uh, kingdom of Danisfire uh, and the lands beyond. Uh, it is exactly as you would expect, uh, stepping into a world similar to things uh, like Wheel of Time, Lord of the Rings, Narnia. Uh, the King of Danisfire, one Marcus Cairn, has appointed the first court mage, uh, in fact, the first mage in Danisfire history, a young man by the name of Camridian, and set forth uh, a quest for young Camridian. Go out into the kingdom and see what magic you see here, and perhaps even create some of uh, your own. Camridian's first stop is a brand new city that seems to have sprung up out of nowhere, the floating city of Providentia set high above the clouds. It seems to be utopia, uh, and Cameridian is really excited that maybe his first stop is exactly the miracle that he's hoping to find. But as he uh, journeys towards their end, uh, sees the city himself, he has to wonder what the cost of such a momentous magical event is. Uh, what must one give up to live amongst the clouds? Uh, so that is The Floated Dream. It is uh, the first of a six-issue arc of uh, standalone uh, comics adventures that we call the Watcher Saga, as Camridian discovers the kingdom of Danisfire and the wonders and terrors therein. Okay, well, can you elaborate on your creative process on Legends of the Realm issue one? Like, I guess why you wanted to do uh, six issues of standalone adventures and how they all come together under this Watcher saga. So how did it from, I guess, from a thought in your head to now promoting it, the first issue as a Kickstarter? Absolutely. Uh, so the first uh, issue that was Legends of the Realm uh, was a graphic novella that myself and my co-creator and artist Evan Scale did. Uh, Legends of the Round Torn Soul. Uh, I'm hoping <laughs> you guys can read that. Uh, it was uh, trying to discover uh, Camridian's life and really ask the questions of, uh, is a person's goodness or evil? 
uh, defined by their actions, their moral character, or uh, who tells that story. Uh, and as Evan and I were working on this, we wanted to keep doing a lot more of Legends of the Realm. I immediately came up with a few longer arcs uh, that could really just delve into everything. The more we talked about what was going on in Dance Fire and uh, the Lands Beyond, we were we just kept coming up with more stories, more eras. Uh, it quickly started getting out of hand. And uh, I took a step back with my editor, uh, John Robinson. And the question then was, how do we introduce not just Cameridian, not just this character, but how do we actually get this world out into the reader's hands in a way that isn't overwhelming, that really lets us showcase uh, Cameridian, uh, the kingdom, uh, what is going on in his times, and what are the challenges that he and King Marcus actually face. And do it in a way where people uh, can approach it in a, a way that's not scary. And so we came up with the Watcher's Saga. Uh, like, Camridian, uh, at this point, is a very young mage, and he's an outsider to Dana's Fire. He did not grow up there. He's a little bit of a refugee. So he's trying to find his own place here. Uh, and so every issue of the Watcher Saga, save the sixth, which ties it all together, uh, we like to call standalone stories, almost harkening back to the pulp comics era. You know, when you pick up a comic and you're like, okay, I kind of get the gist of Here's my hero, here's the situation. The adventure begins on page one and it ends on page 28. And that's, and that's the comic. I can set this down and walk away. Or I can keep going because it's a really fun series. Yeah, so it kind of sounds like not, not an issue, but I guess maybe a, a snag or um, something that can be complicated in the long run with the world building with that when you said you kind of got overwhelmed with it and it became too much with um initially starting the the series and then you went off to do standalones that was more comfortable for you and for your team and for the for the readers so i guess i'm asking the advice questions early but um what advice would you give to others who um are interested in world building and they, they want to give the information about what the world is about and how the characters or whatever one character, um, how they're involved in it, but they want to give too much. They don't want to give like an info dump of it. Exactly. And I think with uh, comics, the info dump stuff is even more uh, treacherous. Uh, I've seen uh, here, Kayla, you've interviewed uh, several amazing fantasy comics uh, creators on this podcast. And I think everyone understands comics is a lot different than prose. It's an entirely different medium. Uh, but in fantasy, a lot of us are coming, uh, not just from the fantasy comics realm, but all of us really love reading those big tomes. Uh -huh. uh, especially epic fantasy, where you do feel, uh, and rightly so, hey, I have this new world, 
And because it's new, I'm not going to just assume you understand everything because I'm literally creating the socio-political uh, events that are going on down the centuries. Uh, what the advice I give all the time is understand that uh, uh, comics pages are at a premium. Uh, you can have 600,000 words in a prose novel. You can't have that in your comics, uh, not unless you have a lot of money to burn. Uh, the best way I can uh, for advice is it really comes down to the working relationship you have with your artists or writers. Uh, Evan and I are talking constantly uh, and he has full access to all of my notes and all my story Bibles, so he can keep just pausing, uh, messaging me and we can go over the Google Drive that has everything. Uh, and with comics, you don't have to describe the floating city of Providentia over 10 pages. Uh, Evan can just show it. Mm. In, uh, but that requires a lot of uh, real working relationship with each other. Uh, and if you want more info dump in a way that doesn't feel uh, too much too fast, uh, one series that I absolutely recommend, A, because it's awesome, B, because it's relevant to this, would be Marjorie Liu's uh, Monstrous. At the end of every issue, uh, they have an almost uh, lesson from uh, the cats teaching the lore of the world. Uh, it comes out naturally through the issue, but you also have these small dumps at the back. If it's presented in a fun and engaging way, then you can do uh, that sort of exposition at that part. Well, you mentioned um, your artist, Evan. So speaking of, of Evan, how, how was your experience searching for collaborators? And how did you know that Evan was the right artist to work with? And you know, you have edited, your editor, I think is Jay, and you have the whole entire list on your Kickstarter. I'm pulling it up right now. So yeah, that's Evan Scale, John Robinson. My, I think it's is it Mike or is it Mike Myers or Micah My, Ro, Myers? Micah. Micah. Okay. Rusty Gilligan and uh, Jay Moore's. Moore's. Okay. Yes. And Alana Fletcher. So how how did you how was your search for them like scouring the internet? Did you already know them? And how did you know that they were right for this project? Absolutely. So. Uh, that first graphic novella, uh, Torn Soul, I had written all the way back in uh, 2015. Uh, and yeah, Kayla, you, you know this with indie people. It's, hey, when you do it, you get it edited, and then you start working on that Kickstarter. Uh, mm -hmm. But this was one of those things where you actually do feel like, hey, that's my baby. Like, when you know, you know that you got to set it aside and really find the right artist. Uh, and with this creative team, it was a combination of uh, personal connections through conventions uh, with Rusty and Jay uh, that kept being fostered through uh, Facebook and the like. Uh, 
John Robinson and I knew each other from Facebook groups, and then we actually got to meet up together in Atlanta a few years ago. And when I sent him this script, uh, he was like, if you don't have an ed editor right now, I want to be that editor. Uh, Alana Fletcher and Evan Scale, uh, I've met both of them through Upwork.com, a freelancer site. Uh, and both of them were for my prose projects uh, that I had kickstarted earlier. Uh, Alana had started with me in 2017 for a fantasy Western. She did the cover because she did the most amazing Western oil style cover. Uh, and her concept was awesome. And so anytime I get an opportunity, I ping her and go, hey, do you want to do a variant cover? And she's like, yeah. Uh, Evan uh, and I started work together uh, on a different uh, prose collection called Born of Magic. He and I, I was looking for four different uh, uh, artists to do four different sets of stories. Evan joined in on one. And as the Kickstarter was going on, he was like, what more can I do to help? And as writers, that immediately clicks on a, oh, wow, he doesn't think of this as uh, just a commission. He's like, can I, uh, I want to do an amazing pinup uh, of all of the characters that you've got in this book. And that is, to this day, still my wallpaper uh, for my desktop. Uh, then we ended up doing a a comics anthology piece together and we kept talking and I sent him Legends of the Realm and it was a long awesome process where it really was the developing trust between author and artist to the point where both of us felt comfortable going hey we're in this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you offer to other artists whether it be um in prose or in, in, in comics that you wish someone would have told you when you first started so it can be you know you can elaborate more on the world building it can be more of you know finding collaborators or as a writer or whatever you may be spoke so for everything that you've gathered so far everything that you've learned so far as an artist what advice would you give to someone else that you wish someone would have told you when you first started uh so as a fantasy writer, uh, I, from the writing perspective, I'll, I'll give two. I'll give uh, marketing and writing. Mm -hmm. uh, for writing, for fantasy writers, each and every one of us feel like we should be able to churn out a book every day. Like, that's the goal. It is not an attainable goal. Uh, my advice for every writer going forward is... Uh, write one word a day. Make sure you set itself up that you write at least one word of fiction for yourself every day. It could be poetry, short story, flash fiction, novels, comics, screenplays. Just make that commitment uh, because you don't do just one, but one is so easy to hold yourself to. Uh, and you will get discouraged. You will always think that you could have written more. But as long as you're uh, writing as much, uh, even a little bit every day, uh, writing is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Mm -hmm. uh, keep that in mind. And every day you write 
uh, something, here's the great thing about writing is uh, every word you write, you're another word better. Uh, just straight up by that point. Uh, for authors going into marketing and like working with other people, uh, the best advice that I can always give uh, is breathe and try your best to be nice. Uh, like, I cannot tell you how many uh, working relationships I have fostered with uh, names big and small that have saved my bacon simply by just being nice. Uh, every week, just uh, I write up a weekly affirmation. I copy it and I send it to anywhere between 30 to 100 uh, creators I know through Facebook Messenger. And it's most of the time it's cheesy. Most of the time it's just uh, really quick, less than a paragraph. And it helps so many people and it helps you. Being nice is one of the corniest, most effective ways to help yourself as a marketer in this business. Uh, because when it comes to yourself as an indie creator, uh, really getting started out, uh, people are buying uh, books uh, at the beginning. They're buying you. They're not buying the books because they don't know the books, but they'll know you. And that's how you actually start getting a following. Uh, you could write the great American novel, and if no one he, uh, reads it, no one cares. Uh, but they'll care about you because uh, people get to see you on a daily basis. Just to, I guess, slide in there about what you said about as a uh, as a writer and writing something a little bit of something every day. My my issue is not writing a little bit of something every day. Is that when I get started, I, I can't stop. And then, which is a good thing, but then it tires me out. So it's like, I want to write a little bit every day, but then when I write, you know, uh, maybe like half a chapter or a full chapter, I, I put it away and I won't touch it for like another week or two. And then I've lost my momentum. So my issue is, is the momentum is it, I go based off how I feel really. Like if I feel like writing today, or I feel like opening up the word doc then I'll go into it and see what I can do. Sometimes I don't do anything. You know, I just stare at the screen, trying to figure out how I can force it onto the screen, onto the page. And sometimes I have this idea and then I'll type it out and it ends up being like, like I said, a full or half chapter and then I put it away. Uh, so with this, and I do want to preface so much of my writing advice with uh, the every writer is in fact different. And if my advice doesn't work for you, uh, that's not offensive at all. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I like that uh, I believe it was Stephen King who said this, uh, stop uh, your writing uh, in the middle of a thought, as in uh, don't write until you have to stop. Uh, write knowing what's going to come next. Uh, like, you'll, hey, I know what I can do next year. 
Uh, and then you have to pump the brakes going, hey, I've hit my personal quota for uh, the day. My personal quota right now is a thousand words a day of, of fiction. Uh, I can do that just based off of my situation. Uh, that is, for some people, that is too small. For some, it is exponentially too large. Uh, but most of the time after I write, I'm, I'm both exhausted and going, you know, there's like three other projects I could be working on right now. Uh, and that's actually a good thing. Uh, when I've written till I don't know what to write any more, uh, Kayla, you're right. It does uh, make you feel like I have no clue where to go from here. Even if I have my outline for a novel and I know, hey, I just need to get through the next five pages and then I've got the next hundred all figured out. But that five pages, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know how to get this person across this stream in a way that makes sense. And Kayla, you're like, I've been there. Yep. I'm, I'm there right now, actually. I'm like, I know what is supposed to happen, but that little bit of that space right there, it's like you said, it's only probably a couple of pages that maybe like one scene to get to that part, but it's like, I don't know how to get there. So, and I'm just kind of just sitting on it. I'm staring at the screen until my eyes are watering to see how, like, how can I get it? How can I get it? And to be honest, I, I think it's mostly probably because of the pandemic, because I have, was motivated all the time I was always going out like outside and walking my dog and being around people and um just I got the inspiration of just being away from any type of media but it's like now we can't be around each other we can't really be out and about anymore like we used to so I feel like I'm consuming too much media in a way so I think it's mm -hmm. hindering my my inspiration or my, my motivation for anything um, I mean I'm inspired by what I've been seeing but at the same time, I feel like I don't want to copy off of it or um, like consuming a lot of media. I don't know about anybody else, but it, that too can exhaust you in a way. So I feel like consuming the media is exhausting me. Whereas if I produce it, it will exhaust me too, but it, it's a productive exhaustion in a way. So that's where I am right now. Oh yeah. Like currently it's, what I would say, Kayla, is like you're, you've got the exhaustion of laying on the couch for 10 hours versus the good two hours spent in a gym or hiking uh, or hiking a mountain, uh, which would be my favorite mode. Like you're, you go back, you crash into a car and you're sweaty and exhausted, but there's still that smile plastered on your face. Uh, but I've been compiling a lot of like just ideas. I have that big old file of folders, folders of book ideas that I will get to later because I know I've got my writing list right now that I need to tackle. Uh, I, I don't think uh, people in certain areas uh, recognize how difficult at times uh, stepping outside is for people uh, right now. 
Uh, I live in the suburbs, and I've got a park literal walking distance, like a wooded, hilly park that I can go up and down, and that's easy for me. Uh, so I can escape, but for a lot of people, especially in more metropolitan areas, it's, hey, uh, I'm scared to step outside my apartment door because I'm not sure everyone in my building is fully vaccinated or safe. Uh, right now, uh, we are living in what I like to call plague times, and we have to be cognizant of this as writers and as readers. Uh, you have to be willing to let yourself say, I can't do something right now. Uh, so, Kayla, my suggestion uh, would be with, with the book, you're saying like you're a couple of pages away. Uh, right before the new year, I finished up book four of a five book series for prose and I need to fully outline uh, my complete book five because uh, I expected book four to be book five and <laughs> book five and book four combined together. Uh, so now I have to write an entirely new book, but I'm not, I'm not touching that right now. I have uh, daily flash fiction as a part of the Kickstarter expanding the world. And I'm pushing myself through that because it's putting me through the mental exercises. It's making me uh, expand my mind in so many different directions because it's based off of 30 different prompts for 30 different pieces. So I'm not trying to tunnel my way through the same rut that I was in for the previous books. It gives me a month to breathe and think it through, take some notes. I would suggest writing some short fiction or some poetry uh, and uh, or even just like jotting down some of these ideas that are in, that are inspiring you and put them in a folder of to write later so that uh, just being able to let your mind flow in different directions can help you get through those few pages. Yeah, I think another issue is with me personally is I'm not allowing myself to do that because I feel like it's it, it'll interfere with it. So yeah, that I probably should just go on and move on to something else. And then I guess whatever I don't use, I'll put it in there or I'll put it with something else just to get it out of my head and get that, that I guess the mental exercise that I need. So I think, yeah, again, it, that's the thing I'm not allowing myself to do, Jack. And thank you. For, I appreciate that. So I think at times, Kale, do you think when you're like writing or focus on something else, do you almost feel like you're cheating on your uh, current project? Like, hey, I'm supposed to be with you right now. I know, I'm sorry, uh, but, uh, and I'm focused on something else because that does happen to me at times. Yeah, definitely. Even when I'm supposed to be working on the podcast and I'm doing something else, it's like, mm, I probably should do that. But I was like, uh, oh, I, I, I'll do it later or, or whatever it may be or uh, like I'll, I'll start reading another book when I'm already more than halfway through the other one I do it all the time it's just honestly like I said I just kind of chase after my interests and I get bored or whatever it may be so yeah I just I, I, I think I just have struggling with 
with focusing on something because again like I said I chase my interests so if this is mm-hmm. kind of like boring or I've read enough of it and I'll come back to it later then I always think I can come back to it later whereas you know I guess I can when it's an object or something and not a person so it's it's just that if it's not a priority then it can it can wait and then it ends up right. being like a month later <laughs> and I got people hitting me up like hey is it done I'm like mm no <laughs> but <laughs> i don't know what to tell you so uh but yeah I, I appreciate that yeah i think it's because i'm not allowing myself to explore other things yet so I, that's definitely something i need to look more into and probably just getting some more fresh air and start walking my dog again but it's freezing outside so i'm waiting for the temperatures to be at least like 40 before i go back out <laughs> Um, but my last question for you, Jack, is what is your idea of success? I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full-time job or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on a back burner or give them all together because this career can be highly intimidating and competitive. So what is your idea of quote-unquote success? Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's a big question uh and i i totally understand that so uh so so a lot of uh things as being a writer uh when you're trying to become a professional writer the goal is in fact uh i've got a story to tell and i want people to read it uh so at its heart uh my goal of success is are more people reading my book today than yesterday. Uh, And uh, I think also when it comes to what you're saying about the professional status and the like when it comes to revenue uh, is because uh, it's because of how society values the arts and what uh, inherent market value uh, has been placed on fiction that for so many of us writers, we feel like failures, uh, including myself, if we're not contributing financially. Like, uh, my, I'll be completely honest, I feel like a failure a lot as of late uh, because I'm a stay-at-home dad. Uh, my wife's the one who makes uh, the actual money. And I, at t- times, uh, even though I need to stop, say, my wife's a rocket scientist and I write pretty words that go in picture books. And uh, at times, my wife has to like take me into another room and go, you are caring for our daughter and you are helping uh the world's mind and spirit. So you need to stop that. Uh, success, I, uh, each and every one of us, uh, and for me personally, uh, the measure of success would most likely be solvency, uh, like actually being able to uh, pay the bills, uh, both for the creation of art and our own personal bills. Uh, and the marketing uh, 
and the marketing bills to go on convention tours and to do everything. And those are the goals, I'd say, just flat out right there. Uh, to get to net zero uh, and have a ton of people reading the book. Uh, the dreams, of course, would be uh, bestseller lists, uh, both New York Times and USA Today, uh, massively funded Kickstarters, uh, interna international uh, book tours, movie and TV deals. But th those I would set aside for dreams. Like right now, my goal and what I term success is uh, can I continue doing uh, what I love to do? And I think that is currently what the goal should be, uh, is can you continue forward? Uh, and if you can, if you can uh, go to bed uh, saying, tomorrow I can keep doing this, then I'd say you're in a really good spot. Yeah, I've, I've had struggles lately in myself and doubting myself whether I can continue with doing the podcast and my writing. Uh, and I'm still doing it full time, but I also had to pick up a part time job. And there was a bit of like embarrassment and shame there, um, like not having the money like I did before, you know. So and I, like I said, having the money to go on these to go to these conventions, going to different trips and having the money for a booth when you're vending and so forth. So, yeah, this is something I had to kind of come to terms with. And there was, I forgot who said it. I don't know if it was Einstein who said it. I'm not sure. But he said, um, every child is an artist. Is the, the problem is staying one when they become an adult. And then I also read something online. I think it may have been on Twitter that they said that, you know, everyone's an artist until the rent is due. So that's basically where I was at. I was like, oh, the, well, the rent is due and this is not paying the rent. So I need to get something to pay the rent money. And what I want to tell people and, you know, other people I've interviewed have said this and I've said this as well to people to their face, you know, it's okay to keep your full-time job and pursue this on the side. It's okay to put it, like I said, put it on the back burner for a little while. I've spoken with people who had to put a project on the side for 10, 15, 20 years because they had, you know, they had to get another job. They had kids, you know, things got difficult for them for whatever reason, or they just lost motivation. And that's okay. You know, if you pick it up again at some point, I think you're good. You know, if, um, you lose motivation, but then somehow find it again in a new project, I think that's good as well. Again, that is successful. And as you said, if you feel like you can continue on doing this tomorrow, regardless of what difficulties you may be facing in your present life, I think you are pretty much successful at what you're doing. Uh, absolutely. And when it comes to figuring out what people can do, it's, it's working within uh, your main uh like uh most of my day from like uh 7 a.m till 8 p.m so that's like a 13 hour day uh and it's more accurate to be 9 p.m is focused on a 16 pound bundle of joy who needs her 
uh, nap time. She needs her uh, bottle. She needs her attention. And so it'll be times where it's like, hey, I'm not starting my writing until 1030 at night. And I'm rolling into bed at midnight, having rushed through a thousand words. Uh, and that's okay. Uh, people working full-time jobs. Uh, it's more than okay. Uh, if you're, uh, if you want to be a writer and give away everything that you write for free on your website, uh, or blog, or you want to sell on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and get out there, writing is uh, one of those things that you can do uh, professionally and amateur status. It's like trying to be good at baseball. Uh, like you can enjoy that as a personal sport and never step towards the minor leagues. Uh, and it can, you can still have a successful baseball career where all you do is hang out with your buddies in the park, uh, once a week, uh, play six innings and then drink beers afterwards. That is a successful baseball career to me and a successful writing career can be, Hey, I'm writing, uh, a fantasy diary and no one will ever see it. That is still successful. Cause yeah. Cause in a way you're still kind of pursuing it, even though you may, you may not be making money. So yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that, Jack. Um, well, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on about Legends of the Realm issue one, the floating dream that I may have missed? Maybe discuss rewards for potential backers. Uh, so definitely, uh, you can read the floated uh, dream by backing. We have it both digitally and in print. Uh, it's a twenty-eight page uh, single issue part one of uh, the arc while uh, once again, you can pick it up, put it down, never re read the series again. Uh, we also have uh, Torn Soul in there also available. Uh, it's a 51 page, so we call it a graphic novella. Uh, we have variant covers uh, by both Alana Fletcher and Tony Moy uh, for these uh, art pieces. Uh, and uh, there's a ton of other uh, books from myself uh, and Evan Scale that are available as add-ons. Uh, I think one last thing that I do want to mention uh, when it comes to Legends of the Realm and epic fantasy uh, that I'm really excited about as well is that this field is currently changing and expanding what epic fantasy means. Uh, even I'd say five, 10 years ago, epic fantasy uh, meant that you were going to be in a world that uh, almost everywhere looked like Northern England or uh, the Germanic woods, which are still very, uh, they're found very much in Legends of the Realm, but you're also uh, finally being able to see the real richness of vast worlds. And that's not just because of me, that's because of a whole 
field of epic fantasy writers outside of uh, the quote-unquote comfort zone of Conan the Barbarian. N.K. Jemison is the first name that comes to mind writing in this field. There's so many amazing uh, writers out there. This is, uh, epic fantasy is in itself a genre that stands alone. It's can you design a whole new world? And I would, uh, I just want to say, uh, I hope that you, dear watcher, dear reader, uh, get to find your slice of enjoyment in this field. And thank you so much for watching. Well, yep, thank you again for joining us, Jack. But um, again, I want to thank you, uh, the creator and writer of the comic Legends of the Rim, issue one, The Folded Dream, Jack Holder. I highly recommend our listeners to give the Kickstarter a look, share, and back if they can. All of Jack's socials will be listed alongside the Kickstarter in this episode's details. Again, I'm K.S. Garner, and you have been listening to the Solo Nerdbird Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.